All right. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, I'm thankful to be here with you all today. Um, really thankful for last week. Um, if you weren't here last week, we started in John chapter 15. And we're talking all about this word abide. And we're kind of using the word abide as kind of a catalyst for this entire discussion for these 10 weeks going through and seeing how we can use this word and how Jesus really does abide in our lives. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about pruning. And so today, uh, Katie Pukeri, can you say your name out loud so everybody knows how to say your name? Pukeri, are you on? She's good now. Okay, it's Katie Pokeri. So now if you ever see her name anywhere, you know how to say it. Pokeri, Pokeri. Okay, so as we get started, if you don't know Katie, just give a brief, you know, Tell them who you are and uh, what you do, and yeah. Sure. So, um, Katie Pukeri. Um I work at Health First, uh, manager in IT. Um, work on computers. Uh, have a husband, Sean. Two kids, two little girls, um, five and eight. Caitlin and Sophia. Um, it's kind of me, briefly. Awesome. Very good. So we're going to kind of start out today. We've discussed this before. Uh, we have our notes here. So if you're seeing us looking at this, uh, that's what we're looking at today. So Katie, uh, just so everybody knows, I sent out an email to some people just asking them just to look at these things and see if anything kind of connects with you. And Katie was the very first to respond. And uh, this idea of pruning really resonated with her. So Katie, why don't you kind of give us your story, your timeline, and just how all this kind of stuff kind of fits into your life. Sure. Um, thanks for the opportunity as well. So my story starts really early on um, when I was still in my mom's womb, actually. So when my mom was three months pregnant with me, um, her and my father were in a car accident, and my father passed away from a drunk driver. Um, and um, addiction reigned in my family. So my mom struggled with alcoholism, and um, I remember some early memories, right, visiting her in circles of care and stuff like that. Um, and then when I was five, um, she passed away. But I was grateful to be raised by my grandparents, um, Cleve and Rose Garner. And looking further back, my grandmother has really strong roots here in the Milburn Church of Christ. Um, my grandmother's father was actually one of the first elders um, at the Milburn Church of Christ in like the 50s, which is pretty crazy to think about. So um, growing up with my grandparents um, was, was a blessing. And when I was about nine, we moved up to North Florida and um, we attended this really small Church of Christ in Cedar Key, Florida. Um, and when I was about 11, um, I was baptized. There was a youth group from Nashville that came down for the summer, and um, I was super excited, and, um, and I got baptized, which was great. Um, and then a couple years later, when I was about 13, my grandfather un unexpectedly passed away by a heart attack. And I remember looking back and um, kind of just watching my grandmother from afar, and she always had this super strong faith. And she knew, like, 
God would get her through anything. And that stuck with me and definitely like planted that seed in me. So before we go any further, that, that relationship really stood out to me when we were talking earlier this mm-hmm. past week. Um, specifically, when you look at your grandmother, what were the things that kind of stood out to you as a response to faith or her faith in, her, in action in her life? Um, she always, like when times got hard or tough, she would always turn to God. And I remember she would like kind of write out her prayers and just watching her always rely on, on her faith and rely on God to get her through um, situations, right? Whether it was death or um, financial struggles or you know whatever that situation was, um, she had that strong faith. And so how, how old was grandma kind of when, when uh, Cleve passed away? Um, she would have been mid-50s, okay. I think. Yeah. So she's got, <laughs> she's got young Katie here uh, raising her granddaughter uh, in kind of a, a really, you know, tumultuous experience, really. And she's, she's losing people, and she still has you, but you're saying that her faith was kind of something that really kept her going and was a really strong part of your family. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. So. Sorry to interrupt. No. So, um, so, you know, going back to the teenage years, right, and, you know, when teenagers become enlightened and they know everything. I mean, they know what's best. So I started to push back, right? Um, we were there twice on Sundays and Wednesday nights. At church. At church, yeah. I mean, we were there. And I started to not want to go, right? I started to, to give her some, some flack. And during high school, I started to drift, um, hang out with people I shouldn't be hanging out with, doing things I shouldn't be doing. And so when I graduated high school, um, I moved back here to Melbourne, um, started college, but I had stopped going to church altogether. And Let's see, so 2006, um, I met Sean um, while working at Blockbuster, mm-hmm. right? The blue and yellow movie store where you used to go pick out your movies to watch them, yeah. Um, so we met in 2006 and we dated for a while and then um, we were married in 2010. And so even though things were like falling into place, going to college, I found a good guy. Um, we had purchased our first house, right? Um, there was still something missing. There was still an emptiness. So I finally realized that I had missed that connection with God and that church family. It just wasn't there. And so it was around um, 2011. I kind of realized and got the courage and I was like, told Sean, I was like, I want to go back to church and asked him if he would come with me. So, um, in 2011, we started coming regularly and then in 2013, he was baptized. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, Just going back to what you were saying, because it sounds like you have this experience where from the outside looking in, it it's like, it'd be really hard to cope. And you have this grandmother who brings you through and she brings you to this church, which we talked about being tiny, 
What was that church experience for you as a youth group kid? Oh, goodness, me and, like, the one other girl who was, like, my <laughs> age. Um, it, it, was, it was very limited in the sense of, like, doing fun trips or doing, you know, VBS-type stuff and everything. So, honestly, we would kind of end up hanging out with, like, the Baptist church down the street and, like, always joining up with their youth group, right? Um, so I think growing up in a really small church, um, you, A, get to know everyone obviously very well. Um, you kind of have that community of, like, if they're struggling, like, we're all struggling because it's so small. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was little. <laughs> and so even though in that small experience, kind of the, the theme that keeps com- coming up is that there's this idea that the seed's been planted. Mm-hmm. The seed's been planted. Even though you're the enlightened teenager <laughs> resisting the seeds planted, even though you're in the youth group, that's not really, you know, what you might want it to be, the seeds planted. Grandma, she's writing her prayers down. She's just showing you this faith, the seeds planted. Um, and then you get to meet Sean, which, you know, He's a pretty cool guy, I think. Uh, I mean, I'd say so. you know, uh, but even within that moment, you find this yourself looking, searching because that seed had already been planted. And now you're kind of fast forward all these years. Could you have imagined in 2010 when you guys got married to be where you are today? Not at all. No. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? I mean, I, I'm that person. Like, I have the plan. I'm doing the things. I'm checking them off the box, right? You go to college get married but like there was still something that wasn't there like still something missing so you said in around 2011 you started regularly attending and uh going to small group what was that like for you what was your group uh you know your dynamic um it was it was good because we were able to it was same age folks right so we were able to relate and just really start building those relationships um getting to know them hanging out with them um, Mark and Lindsay Carrington were one of the first people in our small group and stuff and I remember Adam Wimpy was there and just really having that connection um, with the small group. So, so you said Sean was baptized in 2013 and we're here now, uh, kind mm-hmm. of this family dynamic you have going. So that's kind of like the story that you've seen yourself form through. So looking back to John, or John 15, if you could put John 15 back up there. Uh, I'd appreciate that just so that we can have that. Just go back a slide. So when we're talking about pruning, specifically, what led you to kind of respond to this? Where have you seen God pruning in your life? I mean, you know, if, if the early part of my life hadn't have happened the way it did, I wouldn't be where I am today mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Even though it was hard and sad, like, it's part of God's plan and you have to trust in that and obviously being a child it's hard to really fathom or or get what it's all about but now looking back like it was just what he had planned you know and so that pruning takes place in order for the seed to be able to take root and grow so it's super important um I underline these ideas of I look back and know. How do you feel today this perspective has changed? How are you so confident to be able to say, I know it was God's plan? Where does that confidence come from? Because it's 
it, that's what he has in store for me, right? I mean, that's what he led me to this point here today, right? Um, you know, you talk about in your email you sent out for testimony, and I, I read it and instantly was like, I can totally relate to that. And I responded. Two minutes later, I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> what is this, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just relying that it's his plan and not yours. Yeah, that, that early pruning that you talk about allows that seed to grow and blossom, right? Mm -hmm. And like we talked last week about this idea of pruning where an expert vine dresser, an expert gardener can come into a mess and make something beautiful out of it, make something grow out of it. And for all intents and purposes, the world's going to look at your story and say, you know, I think we're, we're, we're friends enough to say, the world's going to say, that's a mess, right? Yeah. How is she going to get out of this? Like, she, she's, she's doomed. But now with the perspective that you have, and with the perspective a lot of us in here probably share, is that, no, God's at work even in those messy places, and as the expert vine dresser, gardener, is able to take those things and see what happens, mm -hmm. right? So you have this early pruning, you have this perspective now, we also talked in our discussions about early adulthood when reality kind of sets in. You're feeling this experience like there's a void in my life. I'm, something's missing. Um, what was that standard you had before? You're checking these boxes. What were those boxes you were checking before you kind of realized this? You know, my, my plan, right? Yeah. I mean, I was an adult. I was living my best life. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just... You graduate high school and then you go to college and then you, you find a good guy and you get married and you purchase a house and like this is what you do and you check those boxes and like go through your plan yeah. but it's not your plan mm. right and you have to realize that at some point mm. that it's it's God's plan it's almost like there's this rediscovery that takes place um, it's just like finding something that was already there going back to what we had circled back to that seed was planted the seed was planted and there's this discovery where you almost stumble upon this thing that's been growing in you for a long time mm -hmm. right so kind of fast forwarding you're this young adult you get married you have the house you come back to church you're locked in but now the other side of this is your mom and the story you told us is like you didn't really get to know mom mm -hmm. you had a mom figure as in grandma mm -hmm. but as far as mom she was not around right? She, she had passed when you were very young. So being a parent yourself, how has your story shaped how you parent? Mm. You know, I think it's just super important that they are able to get that spiritual foundation um, and that they're grateful for what they've been given. Mm. Just praying that they get a seed mm. planted in them by whoever that might be. It may not be me, but somebody along their journey plants that seed in them yeah. so they have that growing in them. Amen to that. And, you know, just making sure that God has a purpose for them, this idea of gratefulness. Mm -hmm. How does that gratefulness kind of look in their lives as you see them grow up? You know, they're still little, but you, I'm sure you've seen how they've already grown so much. How does gratefulness key into that? You know, I think just teaching them to recognize their blessings, um, 
teaching them to be grateful for what God gives them, even if it's hard or bad or difficult. Um, just having them recognize that, um, I think. So kind of bringing this together, pruning brings awareness if you let it. That's what we talked about last week, this idea of being aware of the, th the things that have come up in your life where the pruning has taken place. How are you more aware today of the movement of the Spirit in that way? You know, it's just when you take a deep breath and you kind of take a step back, um, you realize all the events that have taken place. They're not my doing. I didn't get myself here. And recognizing that, it's, again, it's all part of God's plan, right? It's hard to like let go and realize you're not the one doing this. You're not the one checking boxes, but allowing him to do it through you. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Why don't you guys show our appreciation for Katie? Uh, we're going to stay up here with me for one more second. Um, and again, I just want to remind everybody, this is um, something that we're doing in response to the things that you guys asked for, more testimony. And I'm super excited to have more conversations like this because I guarantee that a lot of you probably don't know Katie. And now you kind of know her a little bit more, but she doesn't know you, maybe. And so this is an opportunity for deeper conversation, opportunity to say, hey, I struggle with the exact same thing, or I went through that. And the thing she's talking about, that's what gets me excited about church community, is that she even said it herself, I don't care if it's me who's planting the seed of my kids, I need somebody. And so this is an invitation, not just for her kids, my kids, not just kids, but everybody to be saying, hey, what am I doing today that somebody might be talking about years later that said, hey, you had a big impact on my life. You have no idea, but you had a big impact on my life. You have no idea what it might look like 10, 15, two weeks down the road. I don't know, but I'm so thankful for your story. Let's pray together, and then we're going to continue singing. I'm gonna, we're, we are going to offer an invitation this morning, uh, but let's pray together. God, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for giving uh, Katie the, the courage, really, to, to sit up here with us and have this conversation. It's not easy to do this. I'm so thankful for her heart, and just to see how she abides with Christ and how she's seen Christ abide in her life through difficult situations, through all the, the things the world might say is a mess, she sees as the vine dresser, the expert gardener taking and making something beautiful out of, out of it. Thank you, God, for that truth. God, I pray for her and her family. I pray that she's able to instill the seed that she's talking about, the seed of gratefulness, the spiritual hope for her daughters, and really for everybody she encounters. God, let her light shine before everybody in just a magnificent way that only you can do through her. It's in Jesus' name we say, we, we say together, amen. And if you, uh, we, are gonna off, we are offering an invitation now. Tyrone's gonna sing us a, a couple songs here. But if you're sitting in your seat saying, I have a story to tell, and I don't know who to tell it to, I encourage you to talk to somebody today. If you connect with this at all, please, we have somebody up here who's interacting with this in a very personal way. Be vulnerable with somebody. Talk to somebody today as we stand and sing.